0: Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana, where I have a suburban garden measured in square feet. And
1: I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on several acres out into
0: the country. We call ourselves Garden Angelus because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening and we want others to love it too.
1: Yes, we do, and we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all of our gardening secrets. The good, the bad, and even the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Hello, Carol. Hello, Dee. How's the garden
0: growing today? Well, thanks for asking. I have uh, lots of tomatoes. My second crop of green beans, the good variety that doesn't have any strings, is producing. Lucky you. I'm getting some squash, but my cucumber vines are dying. Oh, that's bad. That was quick. Yeah, I got to investigate why. May, yeah, maybe cucumber beetles. Wrong. Maybe some virus. yet Okay. Maybe. I don't know. We had great weather last week. I got all the mulching done, as in all the bags of mulch that I had. I have spread out. Yay. So I no longer have those taunting me from my patio. I'm ready to go buy more. Ooh. Okay. But it is going to get hot again. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, more summer-like. Yeah. But here's another thing, Dee. I don't know about where you live, but the other day I realized because my sister said something. I haven't heard or seen a mosquito all summer. That's because they're all here in Oklahoma. I guess. (laughs) Now, before people think that, is paradise here because you know, it is paradise.
1: Yeah, sort of.
0: The chiggers, (laughs) the chiggers have been awful. Yeah. I get chigger bites every time I go out into the garden and uh, those things itch, but I did look up and you can't really get any diseases from chigger bites as far as they know.
1: (laughs) You can just drive yourself crazy scratching them like I did last year.
0: So anyway, I don't know where they are. Um, my sister mentioned it, and she doesn't live anywhere near me, so I don't think that neighbors have been spraying and killing them off. I have seen monarch butterflies. Good. So that means
1: they're heading this way. And bees.
0: And I got lots of food and lots for of them. bees. Good. But anyway, what's up in
1: your garden? So, so no one. If you're seeing oh. lots of bees and lots of butterflies, nobody's spraying out where you live. It's just. You aren't having a mosquito year. Maybe it's windier than usual, drier than usual. Who knows? Um, I did some beekeeping today, speaking of Yay. bees. I got stung, but I, I got half stung is what I call. I got half stung twice um, through my gloves. That's not fun, but it's part of being a beekeeper. And the girls are really protective of their honey right now. But the good news is I have honey. Yay! Yay! The bad news is... I had to finally buy a honey extractor, and those are really expensive. And I also had to buy a hot knife and a scraper. So, oh, and I bought two more things today too. And I was like, dang, this investing in beekeeping is very expensive. The good news is I also am writing a post about my third year of beekeeping. And even though I had some difficulties this year, hello swarming, um, I'm still going to have some honey. And as for the garden, I'm still bringing in tomatoes, squash, eggplant, and cucumbers. I've given up on my green beans completely. Um, I'm not growing this variety, these two varieties next year. They were terrible. And I also pulled up my two Roma tomato plants and my two Marzanos. I just couldn't eat any more of those dang fruits. And I was tired of looking at the plants because, you know, all the tomato plants are looking kind of sad this time of year. They all lose their bottom leaves. And I was just tired of looking at their tired selves. And so out they Yes. Get. That's my garden update.
0: Well, I'm going to go out through my tomato patch probably tomorrow morning, early before it gets hot. And I'm going to pull off all the disease leaves and stuff yes. and get those into the trash. Mm-hmm. And um, I do need to do a ton of weeding out there. Tons.
1: I threw those um, dead tomato plants. Well, they were dead after I killed them. I threw them up in the upper pasture in a burn pile we have they'll be fine up there. It's not compost pile. So
0: anyway, you want to do the quote? I'll do the quote. Whoever you are, be noble. Whatever you do, do well. Whenever you speak, speak kindly, bring joy wherever you dwell.
1: Where's that from?
0: So I first saw that my aunt, I visited her a couple of years ago and um, my aunt and uncle, and she showed me an autograph book that she had as a kid and her mother, my grandmother, had written that in her autograph book as the first autograph. That is the sweetest thing. You come from really nice people. And here's the other thing interesting. You can find this on the web because I, I looked it up. But she gave me a, a book that they had written for the sesqui Sesky... I can't even say it. The 150th anniversary of this... County that they're from in southern Indiana. Okay. And she got, I got the history book and there's a picture of an old time schoolhouse in the 19 teens, I would guess. Okay. Maybe even earlier. But we're pretty sure the one little girl in the picture is my grandmother. It looks like her, like at seven or eight. But on the yeah. chalkboard behind them is this saying, Isn't that crazy? I know. So my grandmother had learned this saying in elementary school in the early 1900s. And I just, I love it. It's a beautiful saying. You should um,
1: stitch it on a pillow or something. I should. I I actually. You know what you could do? What could I do, Dee? You could go to Etsy and do one of those deals. You know, have somebody put it on a board for you. I've done that with several of my favorites. I
0: got a better idea. What's that? I'm Here's what I'm going to do, maybe. Lean in because my sisters might listen to this podcast. At least my one sister does. So oh, we no, don't want her to no. hear. Here's my great gonna idea. To tell me this I'm okay. going to take this quote, and I have it in my grandmother's handwriting. And <gasps> I'm going to print it somehow onto like fabric, and then I'm going to embroider it sort of, I think. Yeah, and then maybe you could just enlarge it, and then yeah. make like a probably a pillow or maybe a little picture. Since you have more than one sister, you're gonna have to make more than one. Well, maybe maybe I'll just make it like a picture, and I'll just add like clip art to it, and not actually stitch it, and then just frame it, and make just a nice you little framing. Too. I'm gonna frame. I'm gonna. You know what? You can actually send off to places that will do this for you. That we'll put it onto like a towel or something. That's what I'm doing. All right. Yeah, I just have it done.
1: <laughs> okay, let's move on to our flower before, you know, your sister's hear exactly <laughs> what you're going to do. Uh, so. So our flower for today are toad lilies. Yay. Last week, we talked about blackberry yes. lilies, right? We did. And candy lilies. We did. And now we're talking about toad lilies, which bloom later. Yes. Than those. And they're, I'm going to see if I get this right. Is it trick,
0: trichurus, trichurus, trichurus? How about trisitis, trisitis, tricertus, tricertus. I bet it's tricertus. Tricertus. We
1: should have practiced this better, people, before we did it. Anyway, it's the species because there are a bunch of different species. Yes. So this is the genus, and it has a bunch of different species. So they come from... India, China, Japan, and other parts of Asia. And they're basically a wildflower there. And they like shady, moist soil. And they're like super easy to grow in my garden and yours.
0: I have them in my garden. And you know, some years, it seems like by the end of July, beginning of August, you see a couple of toad lilies pop up and you're like, go back, go back, go back. It's not your time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I haven't seen any so far this year, but I, as soon as I say that I've got there and there'll be one.
1: Yeah. Mine are all, I looked at them yesterday. They're all, you know, the leaves are up, but no, no stems yet. So there are different types and I didn't realize, realize all this until I went to do some research on it. There are upright types and then there are types that form blooms all along the stem. There are named cultivars, which I did know about and species ones. And I don't know which type I have. I think mine bloom on top of the stem, so they would be an upright one. Um, but I don't know what I have. I just grow them. I just bought them somewhere, and I grow them. I don't think mine's a particular cultivar, but it could be. And so while I was researching them, I went and looked at the Chicago Botanic Garden, and our friend, Beth Botts, who we both really, really like and respect, she wrote a fabulous article about it. And we have linked to it in our show notes. Excellent. Um, There's just some really great information in here about all the different... One of the things I love about the Chicago Botanic Garden, and I think they do really well, is they do a lot of studies of different plants within a genus. Oh, yeah. And they grow them all together... They did this with, phlo- with phlox too, all the phlox paniculatus. They do this and then they figure out which ones attract the most insects in the case of flocks, which ones grow the best in case of both plants. And so they did this with toad lilies. And I just thought her article was really, really good.
0: Yes, it is. And that that is, by the way, an excellent source of information for people throughout. I'd say the middle part of the country is the, the plant trials they do at the Chicago Botanic Garden on perennials and things. And they'll, they'll, they'll tell you which ones are the dogs that you shouldn't be getting. But anyway, they, they do like organically rich soil. They like it to be more on the moist side. You mentioned shade. Shade is important. Many of mine, I think are the Tricerdas Herda, which is the shorter variety like you have that bloom on top. And um, they have the cutest little spotted flowers ever.
1: That's why they're called toad lilies is because of the spotted flowers. And sometimes the foliage is also spotted too. Sometimes.
0: Yeah. I have uh, some with variegated foliage. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to
1: say about them too, is what you said about organic matter. That means compost for people who don't talk about this stuff all the time, the way we do. So compost, they like lots and lots of compost mixed into the soil and they like shade and consistent moisture. And they don't need to be uh, staked. Nope. And they don't need to be deadheaded. Right. That is my kind of plant. Right. I think the only thing I can think of that is a negative is in spring when it's early, rabbits eat mine, because mine are not in the fenced-in area of my garden. They're actually across from my little greenhouse, you know, my little she shed. And in that garden, there's um, there's no fence. And so the rabbits get in, and they eat them down to the nubbins. But you know what? They come right back. I've never had them not come out.
0: I have rabbits, and I have not noticed that rabbits are eating my toad lilies, but that could be because mm-hmm. they are enjoying themselves uh, at the feast in the vegetable garden that I have provided for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
1: Peter Rabbit, darn it. <laughs> So we're going to link to Beth's article, which is really, really good if people want to learn more. My suggestion is you go out and buy yourself some because they're just great little plants, super easy to grow. They bloom in the fall, which is important here.
0: You know, not enough fall flowers. There aren't enough fall flowers. I remember the first time I heard this mentioned is probably in the 1990s, and I used to belong to this garden club that I don't belong to anymore. But we got one of our members to speak and and uh she brought in her toad lilies she'd cut a few in the fall and she just Uh said oh these are just old old toad lilies as though it's the most common thing in the world (laughs) and i'm like those are beautiful well i don't think they're that common
1: but they sure are beautiful and they're purple and they're just very very pretty so next week's flower is something totally different right it's something you grow in the
0: sun. Yes, we do have something we're growing in the I'm sun. I'm foreshadowing it, and you can foreshadow and it's part it. Part the mint family, and I'm trying to think what it's, would that be. You tell me not to tell. I know. I and I'm the one that gave you the flower, and I had to go up and look at our notes. Okay, we're not going to tell anybody, <laughs> but it's a good one too.
1: We're just going to say it's in the mint family, right? We're going to say it's in, in the mint, mint
0: family, family, and we're going to say that the first place I ever saw it growing was in Chicago. That's all I'm going to say, and, but not really, but not at the Chicago Botanical Garden. So I'll have something else to talk about. Ooh, that's cool, too. So you ready for our next quote? You do this next quote, yes, because this is, this is your big discovery. <laughs> this is a minefield for me. This is a rabbit hole. I'm not sure I want to go down, but I might. So go for it. Uh, we might. We might. Okay, so what is a weed, a plant
1: whose virtues have, yet, have not yet been discovered? Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, and the one we're going to talk about is ground cherries. Because last week we talked right. about tomatillos. And you said to me, while we were talking off camera, you said, hey, <laughs> I should say off podcast because we're always on right. camera because we can see each other. <laughs> but when we weren't recording, you said, hey, are tomatillos and ground cherries the same thing? And I said, I don't think so. And you said, well, in on the seed packet I saw, they called them the same thing. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to go investigate it. So we decided to investigate ground cherries. They are part of the same genus, Physalis. And there's a bunch of Physalis species within ground cherries. So ground cherries are not tomatillos. They are smaller than tomatillos. Um, they are sour where ground cherries are sweet so ground cherries produce a very small fruit that is small and sweet and you can eat it raw cooked or dried all right well with tomatillos you can also eat them raw or cooked I don't think I'd eat them dried I wouldn't eat them raw either unless they're in some kind of a salsa because they are kind of
0: sour and kind of hard
1: ground cherries are not hard they're more like tomatoes
0: sort of like the difference between a regular tomato and a cherry tomato.
1: Kind of, kind of like that, except for I think cherry tomatoes or regular tomatoes, aren't they in the same species?
0: Uh, don't, they don't. I don't they, know. Not they exactly. No, that we're not going to go
1: down uh, that. There we yeah. go. Okay. We're not going to go down that right now because I don't have any notes on it and I'm going to make myself sound dumb. All right. So the fruit of a ground cherry is yellow to gold. It's about the size of a small cherry tomato. It was considered an old fashioned garden plant. And, um, I think there are also some native ones to Oklahoma, but I'm just saying that out of turn because I've actually seen them in fields, but maybe those aren't ground cherries. They could have just naturalized. Anyway, yeah, maybe that too. I mean, I know that I have something that looks like a ground cherry in the church garden, (laughs) the garden I do at church, and I have to pull it out every year. And the bees love that plant. There are some weedy nightshades that are not ground cherries. That look like ground cherries. Right. So they may not even be ground right. cherries. But anyway, I digress. Ground cherries are an old-fashioned garden plant that used to be grown all the time ago, you know, a long time ago. And people grow them all the time because they were really good. They are shorter than 30 inches. They may sprawl. You're going to have to cage them. Um They bo- they have papery husks like tomatoes, Yes. But they're not the same. So now, having gone down this rabbit hole of ground cherries... I kind of want to grow one next year. Right, I'm with you. I might yeah, try it. it as well, just for fun, because I love to grow things that are different. Right. Yes. And so they're kind of an heirloom vegetable.
0: Yeah, so I might do the same, um, and we'll link to some seed sources for the ground cherries, and uh, I might put them in a um, the smart pots not actually put it in the vegetable garden, but put it in a smart pot up on the patio where I can keep an eye on it.
1: Yeah, because I think if we don't harvest all of them, I think they will replant themselves quite well. I just have this feeling about it. (laughs)
0: Nobody needs that. (laughs) Maybe maybe in your climate, but I think of them as maybe, you know, some of them are from like Mexico and South. And so I'm not sure if they would overwinter here, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, they want overwinter. Not overwinter, but self sow. Right. They might self sow here. A lot of things self sow here. Yeah. So why don't you do our quote for our bookshelf? I will. The point to raising heirloom vegetables is not so much an escape into the past, but rather a search for greater diversity in our present diet and a healthy rejection of industrial agriculture. By Dr. William Woise Weaver. Wow. Yeah, that's a very profound quote. I it think. is. And you have a profound hey, book. And see, here you go again. So now i got to buy ground cherry seeds. Now I'm looking at this book thinking,
1: <laughs> might have um, to have book this is, book.
0: <laughs> this book is 100
1: Vegetables and Where They Come From. And it's by William Boyce Weaver. Um, he is a vegetable and food historian. And he's pretty famous. He contributed plants and seeds to Monticello and the New York Botanical Gardens. He's also the curator, original curator, of what's called the Roughwood Seed Collection, which we're going to link to. And that was started by his grandfather, H. Ralph Weaver. What's interesting about this book is it's very easy to read. And it's just the histories
0: of some vegetables. Hang on while I get it. You go get that and I'll talk because I'm looking at my bookshelf and D I have all kinds of books on vegetable gardens and vegetable garden plants. And I cannot believe that I don't have that book. (laughs) I can't believe you don't have this book either. i learned
1: something when I read, I've read it before, but you know, I forget stuff because I'm 57 now, but I learned something really interesting about ahi dolce. Pepper. It's from Venezuela. Uh huh. And it is a native variety of capsicum chinense, which would be Chinese capsicum, that is closely related to the habanero pepper. Okay. The famous habanero pepper. Remember last year when we did habanada peppers? The The habanero pepper, the habanero pepper that has absolutely I'm older
0: than you, so I don't really remember, but go ahead. Okay, so
1: take my word for it. Last year we grew, or at least I grew, habanada peppers, because the seeds were sent to us by AAS, All-American Selections. Well, this is a version of a pepper that looks just like a habanero. I'm showing you a picture of it right now.
0: I see the picture of it. But
1: it is without heat. So I wonder... If habanadas are related to the ahí Dolce. anyway, very interesting. Learned a lot from his website, where you can go and buy some of the roughwood seed collection, and um, just fascinating. And the story on the seed collection is that his grandfather was this big-time seed saver, right? And his grandfather died suddenly, and then years later, he was looking in the bottom of a freezer. And that's where he found the seeds, Carol. That's like finding treasure. Exactly. Buried treasure. It was in this deal. And so he asked his grandmother if he could grow some of the things. And he went to see if some of the seeds were still viable. And a whole bunch of them were. Because if you freed seeds, freeze seeds in little packets, a lot of times they will stay viable. If you'd like to learn more about vegetables... Like Oaxacan green dent corn from Mexico. By this book, he's also a really good writer, kind of a romantic writer.
0: One hundred vegetables and where they come from by William Boyce Weaver. D, you've done it to me again. I got. I swear that I do not need one more gardening book. And then you come up with a gardening book that I gotta have. Thank you. I'm sorry. Why don't you read the That's next okay. quote about our dirt? The next quote. From Miss Carlyle's description, the book sounds very interesting, but its appearance and weight are against it. The book is not the sort of volume which could be comfortably read in bed. That's from Mrs. Tim Flies Home by D.E. Stevenson, which I read earlier a few weeks ago. And that leads us to our dirt, which is about
1: gardening magazines that still exist.
0: Yes, because they are something that you could read in bed. Right. And they're low tech, which is
1: apparently what we're about this year, except podcasts,
0: Very much. So, of course,
1: you listed Fine Gardening. Right. Fine Gardening has both an online site that's pretty extensive that you have to pay to be part of. But I think if you're a subscriber to the print magazine, I don't know if you have to pay extra to do the online stuff or not. Um,
0: I do get the print magazine. Do you? I do not get the print magazine. You might have to try that. It's a good one. It's a good print magazine. Um, right.
1: Amer- but I think the American gardener is even better.
0: Yeah, that's a very good one. I do get that one. You have to join the American horticultural society and then you get the magazine as part of your membership. And it is really good. Lots of great articles. Um, they, they talk about different plants and things and, um, they also do a lot, the American Horticultural Society, in terms of educating children on gardening and supporting organizations that do children's gardens. That's a big thing for them.
1: It is. And um, I, I just love the magazine. I think it's really good.
0: And then there's Garden Gate, which is still an American magazine that is... And uh, Garden Gate is very nice, especially, I think, if you are a newer gardener or just getting into it, Garden Gate is very instructional and has good, good how-to information.
1: Yeah, I I don't subscribe to that one because, well, they, I mean, they don't give me anything that I need new. And then there was two UK ones that we wanted to profile. And one is Gardens Illustrated. And the other one's the English garden. And they're both really good. And if you love English gardens, they are worth subscribing to, although they're pricey and one of them has kind of an Americanized
0: version of the – I don't know which one it is. Is it Gardens Illustrated or the English? It's the English – no, the English Garden has – I was going to say they have an Americanized version, and I have gotten that in the past. Yeah.
1: I often buy that one, um, you know, when I go to the bookstore. I go up by the deal and buy a copy of it. I actually subscribe to Gardens Illustrated. I'm also a member of the RHS because we've traveled there enough that – I just decided I wanted to be a member, and you can get a copy of their magazine if you're a member of the RHS. Like the- and
0: when you say RHS, you mean the Royal Horticultural
1: Society. Right. So if you belong to the American Horticultural Society, you get the American Gardener. If you belong to the Royal Horticultural Society, you belong to... I don't remember what the name of the magazine is, but it's a great magazine, and I get it. And then we come back to the United States again.
0: Yes. Pacific Horticulture Magazine, which uh, is really geared towards horticulture in the Pacific Northwest, but it also has, you know, we have listeners up in that area that would really enjoy this one. And you and I know from being co-chairs of the Media Awards Program for Garden Com, this is an award-winning magazine. Right. Very good. And some of the people
1: have written, um, Daniel Mount, who's a friend of ours, um, he wrote some beautiful pieces for Pacific Horticulture Magazine. And they won some awards. I think they won the gold award for magazine writing one year. And I they did, did. And I was co-chair of the awards, but I didn't get to read his entry until much later. You know, we have different judges that judge, right? And I read it later. And I mean, his stuff made me almost cry. It was that good. And it was all in color. So if you can find those online, they were still online recently. Um Wildflower Magazine is published by the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. I did not know this until recently. I think I'm going to join so that I can get this magazine because I really am into wildflowers now, very much so because of the meadow and the upper pasture, and Texas is close to Oklahoma. And even though Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center is down in Austin, there's still several things that, several different wildflowers that we share.
0: Yes. So you should definitely get that. And then you listed one I didn't even think about, which is Victoria Magazine.
1: Right. Because they always have something on gardening. Every, every issue has something on gardening, and I resubscribed the other day. That Because here's the thing. When you sit down with a cup of tea, iced or a cup of tea, and you look yep. at Victoria Magazine, it just makes your day better. And so for a while they quit publishing, and then they came back, and they have a very loyal following. And the September issue, which is out on newsstands this month, is because they go out early this is august so the september issue is all about england and there was just some really good stuff in there this month that i just couldn't believe how good it was and then we have a bit of sadness to share
0: yes country gardens which we both loved just ceased publication with their i think the last issue came out in may yeah and uh, it's a meredith publications So I think they've made a huge mistake. Just as gardening is going gangbusters, they stopped publishing their last truly garden magazine. They had several special interest publications. So I hope that the Better Homes and Gardens, which they all, you know, they'll never get rid of that. I hope they just up their garden game considerably because we miss country gardens. I miss it already. In fact, my little green she shed is from a country gardens cover. We made it. From that,
1: it looks a little
0: yeah they yeah. they had beautiful gardens. and um, I had the privilege to go to Des Moines, Iowa for a long weekend a couple of falls ago. I was speaking out there at a Gardencom event and I got a private tour of the gardens outside the headquarters, which are kind of behind this wall. And you can go as the general public and see them. I think they're open like a couple of hours every day. call ahead. These are beautiful gardens like you would find in your typical backyard. Right. And they use a lot of the settings in the garden for photo shoots, not just for Better Homes and Gardens or Country Gardens, but a lot of their different magazines. You know, they want to stage woodworking tools right. or something. And they have little places where they can set up. And it was just so well tended yeah. and just a beautiful, beautiful, serene space. I loved it. So I recommend you, if you're going to Des Moines, go see that garden. I will. If I go to Des Moines, I will see that garden. Call ahead. So that's our episode already. Time flies. Boy, it went by today fast. That does. So thank you for listening to The Garden Angelus. If you like our podcast, please tell your friends about us. And if you
1: listen on Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review that helps us get noticed by others. Also, while you're there or on any other service, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode.
0: Yes, and be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics, plus links to our own websites. It was lovely
1: to chat with all of you over the garden gate today. Bye until next week. Bye.